Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. I cannot stress enough the importance of the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. It's impossible to overstate it. I, I think that the one to be pitied the most is the one who's trying to live the Christian life in the energy of their own strength in their own flesh. Th- that's a, a life to be pitied. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. As Christians, we need to have the Holy Spirit. Pastor J.D. warns us that if we don't have the influence of the Holy Spirit, we're missing out on the true Christian life. It's through Him that we will be granted the strength and ability needed to adhere and move forward in God's will for us. If you've not already, ask the Holy Spirit to influence your life. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 5 with part 2 of his message, What Submitting Really Means. This is way back when I was um, in uh, the car business. And at the time, I was working for Mercedes-Benz. And it was at the time that Lexus was just uh, starting, and they headhunted me out of Mercedes-Benz to come and be the general manager for this new Lexus uh, franchise at the time. And the offer was unbelievable. I mean, $10,000 as a sign-up bonus, which <laughs> this is back in the early uh, 90s. Uh, at that time, that was quite a bit of money. And also just the, the, uh, the, the pay scale. And I mean, it was just a dream job offer. And so I'm like, man, this is a, a no-brainer. I don't even have to pray about this. <laughs> oh, you're laughing. That sounds like uh, you've done that too. I mean, obviously this is God. Praise the Lord. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you go, I think I'll pray about it. Okay, yes, Lord, let's do this. Yeah, right. Oh, my goodness. So I tell my wife and I show her the uh, the offer and she looks at me with that look that only a wife can give. And husbands, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And she says, honey, I don't, something's not quite right about this. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is, clearly this is the Lord. She's like, no, honey, I think you better pray about it. I'm going to pray about it. <laughs> so I did. And the more I began to pray about it and seek counsel, you know, like the Proverbs says, with the multitude of counsel, plans succeed. With too few of counselors, plans fail. And so as I really began to seek the Lord, I even prayed and fasted, which, by the way, is a very good thing to do when you're faced with a very uh, difficult decision. Uh, prayer and fasting, really seeking the Lord and and being sensitive to what the Lord would have you to do. And, and keep in mind, the Lord wants you in His will more than you yourself even want to be in His will. God will always create an environment for us that's conducive to us being in His will. He's not 
playing a, a heavenly chess game with us. He wants us to be in his will. He's going to lead us and direct our steps and our paths. So as God just began to minister to me, it was when I finally uh, had this counsel, very wise counsel, and this was the Lord. It was a word fitly spoken. My pastor says to me, take all of the money out of this offer and what do you have? And that hit me. So I went back to my uh, prayer closet, so to speak, and I said, okay, Lord, uh, if I do this, I will have to sell my soul to the company store. See, I used to uh, uh, serve in the church at the time. I was actually on the board of directors, and I was sort of a lay pastor and filling in for my pastor in the pulpit. And, I mean, I was at the church quite a bit. And if I would have taken that, I wouldn't be able to serve in the church. Because, see, this Lexus franchise was going to be open on Sundays. That was a, And I'm the GM. I got to be there. So I declined the offer. And then I would get phone calls from uh, guys in the business saying to me things like this. I'm not, I'm not uh, exaggerating. This was actually one, uh, uh, one guy said this to me, actually. Did you suffer uh, blunt force trauma to the head? Why did you say no to that? Th- this offer was the talk of the town. And nobody could believe that you got it. <laughs> Thanks a lot, friend. So um, I said to them, no, I, I just, uh, I don't think that this is what the Lord would have for me. So they ended up going down to California and headhunting a guy, brought him up, moved him to Spokane. He took the position, the offer that I was given lasted six months uh, they fired him and sued him for breach of contract, and he had to pay all that money back. They had hunted a second guy out of California as well, moved him up. Same exact thing happened in less than six months. And I'm looking at this thing going, wow, am I so glad I listened to my wife? Because actually it was shortly after that that I ended up leaving Mercedes-Benz and starting my own business that I eventually sold, and when I uh, started and planted my first church and entered into the ministry, all because my wife said, I do not feel a peace about it, and I submitted to her, and I listened to her, and boy, am I so glad I did. I wonder, had I not, if I would be standing here behind this pulpit as the pastor of this amazing church, and it is an amazing church, as is my privilege to be, I doubt very much that I would be standing here before you today. Well, this brings up another problem. And it's the problem of when a wife should not submit. And when the husband should never demand that his wife submit to him. Specifically, when the husband is forcing his wife to do anything that's unbiblical, illegal, or immoral, the wife is never to submit to the husband. This is not what Paul means by wives submitting 
as unto the Lord. The Lord would never lead in this way. So now the question becomes, okay, if that's what as unto the Lord does not mean, then what does it actually mean? D. Martin Lloyd-Jones answers this for us. He says, it means, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands because it's a part of your duty to the Lord, because it's an expression of your submission to the Lord. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Do it in this way. Do it as a part of your submission to the Lord. In other words, you're not doing it only for the husband. You're doing it primarily for the Lord himself. You're doing it for Christ's sake. You're doing it because you know that he exhorts you to do it because it is well-pleasing in his sight that you should be doing it. It's part of your Christian behavior. It's part of your discipleship. There can be no more compelling motive for any action than this. And every Christian wife who is concerned above everything else to please the Lord Jesus Christ will find no difficulty in this. Indeed, it will be her greatest delight to do what the Apostle Paul tells us here. Let me uh, say this uh, parenthetically, husbands. How about we be the husbands that our wives would delight to submit to? How about that? How about we be that spiritual leader, that spiritual covering, that man of God that makes the wife desire more than anything else to delight in submitting to? How about that? In other words, the onus is on us. Now, is the wife to submit as unto the Lord? Yes. But why are we making that more difficult for them? (laughs) Does that benefit us? You've heard that expression. A happy wife is a happy life. Or how about this one? Maybe better said, when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Right? I mean, why, why would you not want to be that husband that your wife can delight in and submit to? If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the main reasons that couples have conflict in their marriage, I think this would be it. I think if you pull back all the layers and all the peripheral you know, issues, you would find at the core this dynamic of the husband abdicating his responsibility as the spiritual leader and or the wife then seeking to usurp his authority. This actually goes all the way back to the garden with Adam and Eve when the curse of sin entered the world in Genesis 3. In verse 16, this is where God now pronounces the curse on the woman 
And he says to the woman, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. And in addition to that, your desire shall be for your husband. And he shall rule over you. Now, at first read, you're, you're, you're reading this, you're going, and your desire will be for your husband? Aw, my wife's going to desire me. <laughs> not so fast. That's not what that means. The curse is this, that the woman will desire to rule over her husband. That's part of the curse. The curse is that the woman will seek to usurp the authority over her husband. This is at the core of marital conflict, and it started in the garden when sin entered the world. And we shouldn't be surprised, should we? Uh, Satan desired to usurp the authority of Almighty God. And so this is at, I believe, the core of All marriage problems. You can trace it back to this. Uh, Let me um, say to the wives, I, I, you know, the exhortation to the husbands is let's be the man that our wives will want to submit to. Let me say to the wives, be the wife that is going to submit and not usurp. Even if the husband abdicates his leadership responsibility. Remember now, he's going to answer to God. And by the way, God will discipline him better than you ever could in ways that you never can. Uh, that's what he did with me. I mean, he, the heavy hand of the Lord was upon me. And God disciplined me. He disciplines those whom he loves. And so God, and by the way, discipline comes from the word discipled. God discipled me. God disciplined me. God trained me and taught me how to be the man that he called me to be and take the responsibility that he has ordained as the husband. Now, Before anybody loses heart here, (laughs) let me hasten to say that this is the reason Paul prefaced this by writing about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me explain what I mean. There's no way you, wife, can submit to your husband. There's no way you, husband, as we're going to talk about next week, can love your wife absent the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. The context of this letter is being filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit-filled life and the Spirit-filled wife will then and only then be able to do that which she cannot otherwise do, which is to submit as unto the Lord. It has to come by way of the Holy Spirit. And again, so too is this true for the husbands. 
in the position of authority. I don't think I can overstate the importance enough of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. By the way, uh, how many were here Tuesday night for our prayer meeting? This whole day, keep them up. Oh my goodness. Oh, you guys, you missed out. Unbelievable. It was, nobody wanted to leave. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's 8.30, which came really fast. And I mean, God met us here. And many asked for the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And God filled them to overflowing. We prayed for Pastor Mac. I hope he doesn't mind if I take just a moment to share this. But uh, we anointed him with oil and laid hands on him, as we're told to in Ephesians, uh, uh, pardon me, James 5. And um, he texted me yesterday, or no, it was uh, Thursday, I think, and uh, told me that uh, his feeling now is coming back in his leg and he's able to walk without a cane. God answered that prayer on Tuesday night. I cannot stress enough the importance of the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. It's impossible to overstate it. I I think that the one to be pitied the most is the one who's trying to live the Christian life in the energy of their own strength and their own flesh. That's a, a life to be pitied. It's the how of the Holy Spirit that enables us to do the what of the Holy Word. That's why the emphasis is on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, you'll forgive the simplicity with which I say this in closing, but I would suggest that this truth could solve most, if not all, marriage problems today. I stand before you as uh, a pastor, but as a husband first and foremost, and as a father too. And I say that because you could always find another pastor, but my wife and my children cannot find another me. Does that make sense? So I stand before you today by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to say that my wife and I this year will celebrate 30 years of marriage and our marriage is blessed. We're not a per- we don't have a perfect marriage, okay? But our marriage is so blessed because of this. Because of this. God's ordained authority structure is in place. And instead of chaos and conflict, we have peace and harmony. My uh, children oftentimes will comment about, uh, man, when was the last time you and mom had an argument? And I say this before God is my witness. It's been maybe a couple of years where we've actually had an argument where we've, you know, gone back and forth. In fact, my wife uh, one time suggested that uh, we actually stage it. 
you know, so that they could, you know, see, well, this is what, you know, an argument in marriage and in conflict in marriage looks like because it's foreign to them. And thankfully so. We actually tried it. It didn't work. They saw right through it. I think it might have had something to do with um, the way I looked at her and the way she looked at me. We were kind of chuckling and kind of smiling and they're like, nice try. I don't say that to come off all, you know, hyper-spiritual or to imply in any way that I'm better than anybody else. Again, I, I learned the hard way and am learning the hard way. And what I am learning is, is that when there is that authority structure in place and I'm submitted to the Lord and my wife is submitted to me, then what happens is and what ensues is instead of conflict and chaos is this peace and harmony, the way God intended the marriage relationship to be. My wife is my best friend. Uh, when, whenever I travel and I, I'm without her, Oh my goodness, it reminds me of in Genesis, it's not good for man to be alone. It is really not good for me to be alone. I miss her so much. Thank God for FaceTime on the <laughs> on your phone. I mean, at least I can see her and, you know, it's uh, it helps, but I can't stand to uh, be away from her. And by the way, one, one last thing and we'll close. Um, think about this. Is not the marriage relationship the microcosm of our relationship with Jesus Christ, right? And wouldn't it stand to reason that this would be why the enemy would attack the Christian marriage as he does? Because we're the bride of Christ, and he's the bridegroom. And it's a microcosm of our marriage to the Lamb of God. And so Satan wants to divide and destroy, and this is how he does. And nothing's really changed. It's just kind of the same old uh, tactics with maybe new wrapping paper. But it's the same thing he did in the garden. He wants to try to usurp God's ordained authority structure. And if he can succeed in getting a wife to do that and perhaps more importantly, a husband on his end to do that as well. It's just a matter of time. Uh, no wonder the statistics, I don't want to end this way, but uh, no wonder the statistics are as they are for the Christian marriage. I pray that the Holy Spirit will be allowed in all of our marriages to minister this life-changing truth to our hearts and to our marriages. Let's pray. We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Ephesians. If you'd like to learn more about the Apostle Paul's letter, we encourage you to continue reading ahead. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the truths and promises contained in its verses to you. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. on this book by visiting our website, InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Listen online or download these teachings to have available anytime. We've created a mobile app for Apple and Android devices too, so you can take Pastor J.D.'s teachings with you on the go. Download from your app store or find a link at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. 
While you're there, be sure to check out the Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to catch the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website and click on the YouTube link. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. We'd love to have you join us as we praise the Lord and learn from His Word. Find out more at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. That's all we have time for today. Pastor J.D. will have much more to share with us from Ephesians when you join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth Radio. Holy me to 